I'm your host, Fab Fab, and today I'm joined by... Uh, Kaifen. I'm from uh, Calgary, Alberta. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at KaifenOsu, and uh, happy to be here. Happy to have you on, and today we are going to talk a bit about the scene out in Alberta, Canada, and a little bit about his experience in the scene, um, pump it up, dance games, music games, just in general what it's like out there. And so to get started, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, you've had experience both in Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, so I, uh, I was originally living in Edmonton. I moved there when I was about 19. And I lived there for about two years and just recently moved to Calgary for school about a month ago. So I've played in, uh, I've played in all three cabs. We have three cabs in Alberta. And uh, I've, uh, I'm friends with everyone in both scenes, and uh, everyone here is really, really nice. We have a surprisingly big community for Alberta, as you uh, may not imagine. Yeah, that's nice, actually. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of Alberta as the, the place to, uh, to have a big music game and pump it up scene. And I was wondering, so you guys have three cabs. What models are, are they all LX cabs? I'm pretty sure the, uh, the ones in Edmonton are both LX cabs. The one in Calgary is not. Uh, Calgary got their cab first. I think it was about maybe a year, a year and a half ago at the rec room in Calgary. And then each rec room in Edmonton, since there are two in Edmonton, has their own LX cab. Nice. Yeah, I've noticed uh, a lot of, we also have a rec room here in Toronto Mm -hmm. and we're getting a few more and they seem to have LX cabs. A lot of them are just popping up all over Canada in general. And um, there was that tournament in, uh, was that in Edmonton? Rec room? Uh, yes, there was a there was a rec room tournament like ran by the rec room in Calgary just uh, just a week ago on Wednesday, and uh, then there was a community run tournament uh, on Saturday. Oh, nice! So the it was community... kind of a back to back tournament. It's interesting. You guys had a community run tournament. Uh, where did you guys end up running it? Oh, uh, we ran it at uh, West Edmonton Mall in uh, in Edmonton. Clearly, uh, the uh, the newest cab in Edmonton is there. And it's uh, it's really really nice. They bought it brand new. Wow, that sounds nice. Actually, a little, a little jealous. You guys get to have that. Cause, uh, well, for us, we're we're uh, in Toronto. That's where I'm from. We're trying to have uh, more community run tournaments. But uh, as it was with Rec Room, they they're a bit more strict and want to run everything themselves. And most of the arcades in Toronto, being owned by Cineplex, are more corporate, uh, like just more corporately owned it's a bit trickier for them to entrust us in running our own tournament and for us to just be like, hey, can we do this with the cabs and whatever? Yeah, we definitely we definitely empathize with that because we've had uh, quite a slew of issues. Uh, the rec room overall is like their staff are very, very nice to our community. They're always been super, super nice. We've only ever had issues with the management just because like just Cineplex things. But Oh yeah, hashtag just Cineplex things. Uh, but they they wouldn't let us use a capture card for the tournament is about the only real issue. Uh, the first ever rec room tournament they had at uh, in Edmonton at SCC South Edmonton Common, uh, they 
they first proposed their own rule set and then uh the tournament was kind of a disaster so uh our our community kind of stepped in and helped them with the rules and everything ended up going pretty well interesting yeah i'm just thinking rec room creating room uh creating the rules for a tournament does not sound uh like a good idea at all there uh it said in the post the facebook post it uh it said that the tournament would be played on hard difficulty i want you to try and uh, figure out what hard difficulty is <laughs> Oof. i'm wondering i'm like i thought you're gonna say hard judge hard difficulty nope. Uh, yeah, uh, that's really subjective. <laughs> they meant uh, they meant five to seven because in basic mode the the difficulties are called easy, normal, hard, and very hard. So they thought uh, that five to seven was hard mode. <laughs> so a tournament that's not even in full mode. That's, yeah, it was uh, interesting. Yeah, hmm. Uh, that'd be fun to sandbag in, but yeah, also, definitely. yeah, crazy. It uh, reminds me of this time. A little off topic, but everyone always loves a good normie story. Uh, Neb's Fun World, Scarborough, or Oshawa area in uh, the greater Toronto area. Uh, a little bit new, newer area, not too many players, and there's this random girl there with a few of her friends, and she was, like, trying to show off very clearly, um, playing just not even full mode, but she was playing more, quote-unquote, medium songs, I guess, medium. on that <laughs> difficulty. I don't know. They were, like, fours or something, gotcha. and she was... Yeah, she was killing it, a few full combos there, and she was definitely trying to show off a big group of, like, her friends all surrounding her. And so I see they have, like, three extra credits in the machine. I'm like, oh, geez, like, I, I was there all day. I just went for a little bit of a break from pump and then came back uh, to the cab to see them all crowding around it. And so I just stood there patiently, like, waiting, and one of her friends noticed me. And they were all, like, impressed by her skills, and she was all, like, being cocky and stuff. And so they are like, oh, I think this girl wants to play. And I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I'll wait, because I, I wanted to play doubles, honestly. And I just didn't want to be part of – I don't like crowds, but, yeah, it looked like too much to handle. So she's like, no, no, you can play. And then her friend's like, oh, you guys should have a tournament. And I was just like, oh, no, I just want to play for fun. So she's like, oh, yeah, like, you can play, like, you know, whatever. Like, I can show you how to play. And I was just like, oh, it's fine. I've played a few times before. <laughs> and so I put in my – I swipe my credit. Like, I put in – she's already, like, put hers in. So I put on full mode. And, like, the thing, like, full mode, like, whatever, like, comes on the screen. And she's just, like – her face just changes from this smirk to, like, total surprise she's like full mode what's that i don't know how to play in full mode and like i put my credit in and i'm just like oh it's the same thing there's just more songs and she's like i don't know how to do it I'm like, you just pick songs the same way you're picking earlier and she's like all stressed and stuff and i'm like oh my god and she's like panicking she just looks like in a, like a terrible mood i'm just like okay i'm just gonna play so like play a song and like of course i, I choose the s17 because i'm not gonna play an easier difficulty just because i I don't want to look like I'm showing off, but I also want to have a fun time. So I'm playing the song, like, and her friends are like, oh, my God, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, she's so good or whatever. And she's, like, seeming really, like, annoyed because she clearly is just playing pump to get attention for her medium song. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she gets, she's like, I can't read this. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't usually play full mode. And she gets really annoyed. And, at, and then after that song, she just kind of walked off and then like dragged her friends away with her and I didn't see her until I left and she was just glaring at me and I was like okay I, I just wanted to play this game like, <laughs> but anyways yeah that's uh 
that's my <laughs> a random little normie story that I was reminded of there because I people seem to enjoy the normie stories. Definitely. Oh, the, we've got plenty of normie stories from Alberta. The rec room, I don't know about in Toronto. I know that the rec room in Toronto is located right next to the tower, right? The CN Tower and... Uh, oh, yeah. Place. Union Station, very populated, mm-hmm. touristy, normie, drunk, sports yeah. game area. I, uh, I walked in there once. They didn't have pump when I was there. Uh, I think it was in February. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like February it's of this a, year. They got pump more recently. I actually went to rec room the week it opened up, uh, just being a big fan of arcades. I mean, of course, I'm mostly a music gamer, so I was disappointed that they didn't have any music games. Uh, but yeah, they got pumped more recently. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I can imagine that it would be quite the quite the normie central there. It's pretty. It's pretty brutal, especially at uh, in Calgary, uh, the Calgary location and uh, the SEC location. Uh, the mall location mm-hmm. isn't as bad as you'd think it'd be because I think a lot of people don't even know it exists. Oh. So the least busy location seems to be the mall in Edmonton. Weird. We're uh, getting a rec room opening up in a mall. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Palladium channel, but uh, there's a mall right across the street from that, and they're moving it into the mall, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be filled with normies. But now I'm kind of like, mm, maybe there's hope. Maybe people won't notice it. I feel like the mall arcades are less susceptible to normies because it's less like, I'm coming here, and I'm going to play arcade games. Like, if someone drives to a rec room, and they're like, hey, I want to play the arcade games. They see Pump It Up and they're like, wow, I remember DDR. That looks fun. And uh, <laughs> they want to play. <laughs> but if it's in a mall and you're just walking by, I don't I don't think so. Hmm. To be fair, the rec yeah, room in West Edmonton Mall is very secluded. It's like kind of hidden. It took me a little bit to find it the first time I went there. I was going to say, because the arcades need to be so big, they'll probably have own some, some own area to itself. Mm-hmm which is uh, working in, into our advantage. No random kids will just accidentally run into there. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, um, what was I reminded of something, speaking of normies? Oh, yeah, I was going to say at Toronto Rec Room, like, if you play anything over a nine, uh, you're going to get a crowd. Like, I usually, especially if we do co-op, like, there's going to be, like, 20 drunk people just behind you screaming and trying to film you, and it's, don't try doing tribal attacker unless it's like during the day and there's no one there because you're you're not going to be able to do it because it's in a very squished area. So then when you have people just crowding up behind you, like it's so scary when you turn around and there's just a huge crowd of people just staring at you. You're like, okay. There's something quite fun about that, uh, to be honest. Something uh, something alluring about having such a big crowd of people. Sometimes it can get annoying if uh, sometimes I find it annoying if I'm trying to push or I'm just trying to have like a nice session. And there's like a whole bunch of people like yelling and like being distracting. But if you're playing co-op and having fun, it can be a good time. Yeah, fair enough. It's bittersweet. Like, uh, it's nice when people are a bit more respectful. I just, the thing about Rec Room, it being really close to uh, the Rogers Center where a lot of sports games happen. Uh, and there's like a hockey center near there and just people being drunk. They'll just start like touching the cab and it it's a little frustrating and uncomfortable when people are just yelling. Although I do, it is sometimes fun when people are watching and they're like asking questions and they seem to be really encaptured by what you're doing and appreciating all the work you're putting into the game. Definitely. Uh, I, uh, I don't really get phased too much by normies. My, my one pet peeve is when like random people will touch me. Like that's like, kind of like, what are you doing? Oh, or like the random kids who sometimes will just like go ham or try to go on the pad. 
but uh, usually it isn't too bad here. Oh, that sounds really nice. I mean, that's why I avoided Rec Room for a while, and even though it's way closer, uh, the pads are actually pretty decent. They used to be a lot worse there, Mm -hmm. but it's just sometimes when I'm, I guess especially during the uh, school year, I have less time to play, so if I'm going to be playing, I'd prefer to play in the most optimal place I can because I'm probably going there to grind or just really have a hardcore set. And it's just awkward walking around a very crowded area when you're like drenched in sweat and people are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that makes sense. I've definitely had that feeling before. Like the, the weird stares you get, like when you're going to like get another glass of water or like you go to the washroom and like the... <laughs> just like people yeah. looking at you funny. I've been asked, are you okay? Mm. Like, yeah. And uh, I wear uh, like gloves when I play. They kind of look like the gloves people wear when they ride a bike. Oh, uh, yeah. So I just like to let, yeah. I, and like you're wearing athletic clothes. So I just like to let people assume like, oh, I just biked here or like, oh, I just went for a run or did something athletic. I mean, technically I did, but you know, it, it just, it passes off a bit more normal if you're in like all that gear. So people probably think like, oh yeah, you just biked here. Not, oh yeah, you just stomped on arrows. That's, that's not normal. I have a kind of a funny normie story about that. I was at uh, SEC when I first started playing, uh, like ar- around when I first started playing, maybe like a month in. And uh, I was sitting down with my friend and we were like both like drenched in sweat. We had both, like we had just like finished a really hardcore set and we were sitting down on the floor. And these two drunk guys passed us and they said like, what, how are you sweating so much? And uh, we like pointed at the dance machine and he just like looked at us and looked back and he said, I don't believe you. <laughs> it just <laughs> walks away. This is so sad. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Hmm. Oh, it reminds me as well. You said earlier that um, co-op play is taken quite seriously for you guys. <laughs> Uh, I would definitely say so. I would say we have a pretty big co-op scene. I don't see as many. uh, I don't know how big it is in Toronto. I don't know how many people play. But there are some players that play mostly co-op, like, and they won't play anything else. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. The thing here is we don't have many players who play mostly co-op. I can think of one person, uh, Benny from Nations, really enjoys co-op, but... And he's... Yeah, he's, he's probably... Uh, a person that plays co-op more than regular play but if I have to think of the best co-op players they play everything they're not exclusively co-op players like I know people who take co-op very seriously but they also take all aspects of the game seriously and so I wouldn't even though I would say their co-op skills are better than most people even people who just play co-op I don't think they would pride themselves in being solely a co-op player because they they play everything that definitely makes sense I would say that it's like, I remember it being a huge emphasis, especially in Edmonton, Edmonton more so than Calgary. Uh, there's a lot of players that play a lot of co-op. I know two guys who pretty much exclusively play co-op. Uh, they're getting more into singles and doubles now, obviously as well, but. Yeah. Um, I actually, fun, fun fact. So I've been playing music games for a while, mostly uh, Dance Dance Revolution and uh, in that, I don't play doubles at all. I I, I prefer uh, pump doubles. But before I really played pump much, uh, I was at the arcade and I saw some people playing co-op and pump it up. And I had no clue what that was. And it blew my mind. 
and that was the day where I was like, okay, one day I want to learn pub just so I can do that. Like, that was the reason I started playing. And so you would think I'd be mostly a co-op player, and I do love co-op, but I think I I just fell in love with pump in general. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to find someone to co-op with. Uh, but I, I have been playing a lot more co-op recently because I've been um, really loving doubles, and I find that co-op really helps with your spatial awareness. Definitely. A lot of the runs in, uh, in co-op as well like uh, will really transfer over to higher-level doubles. Like uh, You see a lot of patterns that would be in like D17s or D18s in some of the co-ops, even the simpler co-ops. Like, oh, yeah. Holy crap, those, uh, those crossy patterns and... Like, in the easier co-ops, I used to double-step some things, but sometimes when there's, like, a bunch of people on the pad or someone's, like, right behind you, you can't really double-step them, and it's just, like, you're turning inward and outward and doing all these fancy stuff that I really don't notice myself doing as much in regular double play because it's not really forced or emphasized. I definitely think it's it's a really good learning tool, at least for doubles, at least at first. I, eventually it gets to the point where you have to you have to be very proficient at doubles to play the harder co-op charts like uh, uh canon indie. oh yeah canon indie is like impossible it's like a d22 for both players hmm uh it's uh it's interesting too because with the whole bar and no bar type thing um and then also the colors of the arrows i guess in co-op in general there's a few things that make it so interesting to me is that the the spatial awareness as I mentioned which is which is which was tricky for me in doubles and still is a little bit tricky for me um but then also the awareness of having the other person and so you like let go of the bar or uh if if they're behind you 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 want to play with your feet so that it's not in the way of them and all that kind of stuff like there's a lot that you have to pay attention to for sure uh there's also uh Another thing to keep in mind is if uh, your partner is taller than you by a large degree, which is very often the case when I'm playing, uh, you have to you have to bend down when you're in the front, and that can be really awkward at first because you're almost squatting while playing the game. Oh yeah. Oh um, if Kidamaru is watching, which he probably is, or watching, listening, uh, yeah, I always I sometimes miss, uh, because I'm not super tall. I mean, like I'm just average female height. Uh, so whenever I play with guys, it's like people will generally bend. I know this regardless if they're the same height or stuff, Mm -hmm. but I just, I have a hard time seeing over people when I'm in the back. And so like, I'll be like on my tippy toes trying to look over people or like looking to the side. And so I've been playing co-op with him a lot more recently. And sometimes we'll be like doing really well and I'll miss one jump from the back and it's like an easy jump, but I just literally couldn't see it. And then I'm like turning my head around to try to see it. And then in me turning my head, I'll miss it. That's really tricky. I, uh, I definitely know your pain. I'm, I'm pretty average height as well, but I play with, uh, uh, two guys who are really really tall like i'm trying to think like i think if i had to guess he's probably like six three <laughs> like really really wow just <laughs> difficult because like, even when they're bending down you have to still turn your head to the side to be able to see which can be quite the challenge oh yeah for sure and then also just for them to bend down and bend up so fast like it your knees feel yeah. that uh like bending down the things uh and then also like when you bend down you take up space because, especially if your legs are long, you become wider, if that even makes sense. So, I mean, maybe with two players, it's not as bad, but when it comes to, like, three player, 
and everyone's on the pad and you're bending down, you don't really want to get in the way. I find the three players are incredibly cramped too, especially the the ones that are on the easier side. A lot of the harder three players mm. are very segmented, like uh, Banda, Band, uh, Bad End Knight, <laughs> and uh, uh, I forgot the other one. There's like a, a blue-haired, maybe it's green-haired anime person in the background. Uh, those, oh, it's like I don't know punk song names because they're yeah, so it's, visual. Uh, it starts with an R. It's yeah. Renai something. Ren, Ren, I know, I know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like those two songs are very. Uh, you stay in one place at one time. But stuff like Bar 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 and uh, Takeout, like you're like skirting around <laughs> the people. I was gonna say uh, when you th- when you mentioned cramps, uh, my my head just went to Bar mm-hmm. Bar Bar. That part where like there's one person in the middle and they have the two yellow holds, and then the other people are going around you, and you're just like, like you're just. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable, especially like <laughs> if it, if it ever becomes too close for comfort, it's just like you can trip, you can fall over. <laughs> it's really a disaster. Mm, um, back when I really, really first started playing Pump, where I wouldn't really even consider myself a Pump player, and I maybe played a bit of doubles, like, probably could, like, pass, like, some D11s or something, I don't know, uh, and then I went, I went to the US, uh, for a DDR, Bimani-ish related things, and, uh, I had a friend, and he mostly played Pump. And like he's a hardcore pump player, like owns a pump machine, and everything. And he's like, "Oh, let's play co-op together. It'll be really fun." And so the I was like, "I don't play co-op. We did like a really easy one, but I I don't remember what it was. I just remember like stepping on his foot a bunch of times and bumping into him way too many times. And like I think we fell off the cab. Oh. And so I was like, "Yeah, no, um, it's it's uh, you can if you mess up, it's like even more crazy." because you're literally like bumping into people and so if you don't like people in your personal space that's basically what co-op is regardless of if you mess up or not you're just it's it's a lot of teamwork which is really fun and exciting but then also it's intimidating to start like I noticed a lot of people are always just like oh I'm, I'm really scared like uh, I've been making a lot of my friends who've been recently starting doubles play co-op with me and they're always like oh I'm not that good sorry and I'm just like it's okay. I'll play it last song. Like I don't care if you step on my feet. Like it's it's fine. Like I just it's just really fun. But it's hard to convince people that because I know it. I know the feel of like the fear of not wanting to play co-op because you don't want to mess up or you don't want to push someone or something like that. That definitely makes sense. No matter how scared you are, anyone can play Christmas Memories, so it's okay. <laughs> Christmas mm-hmm. Memories is uh, the go-to the go-to yeah, beginner co-op. Uh, or uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So I think um, also shout out to Ashley if she's listening to this. I was teaching her co-op one day and we were at Dave and Buster's and that pad is like tilted backwards. Like I, I was talking about in the last episode, like it's like if I put a ball on it, it would quickly roll like back towards the ball, like the, the bar and roll off. Like it's very angled, like it's a high incline. And so uh, we were doing rolling Christmas and that has stage break. So uh, I think... And it, it's not the best cab. And so, like, I think we, like, dropped a hold or, like, fell or something. But that being so crooked, oof, that was crazy. But on regular terms, especially without stage break, that's usually the co-op I start people on. I can't believe you have a, a pad that's that tilted, <laughs> that, that, it was, that it's on an incline. Yeah, it's awful. There's a there's a reason we don't we don't talk about it. If you're, if you're at Dave & Buster's, you're there for DDR. You're not there for pump. Um, 
Oh yeah, there's also a fun thing I say about co-op because when everyone wants to play co-op, especially if they don't play it that like if they're new to it, when you're looking for the co-op folder, so like when you're in full mode, for those who don't know what this is, when you enter that M pattern, anyways, yeah, uh, <laughs> you you go into like the there's like the extra zone and the fun zone, and so everyone goes into the fun zone thinking co-op's gonna be there, but it's actually an extra zone, and so I made up this joke like co-op isn't isn't just some fun game it's a serious yes. thing that's why they didn't put it in fun zone they put it in extra zone because it's like it's serious yeah, stuff. It's, it is serious stuff it's right there <laughs> next to the remixes like next to the hardest songs in the game i mean right next to remixes is co-op so yeah of course of course um and it's funny because for bar 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 i mean i don't know if, maybe it's just a toronto thing but every time or maybe it's just a me thing, but every time uh, I play Bar 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 with people, we always do, like, the during the chorus, when they're going up and down, uh, the girls in the video are also, like, when you're mm -hmm. doing jumps, they're also going up and down, and so we do the dances with them. This is really hard to explain, but if you've seen the Bar 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 music video, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's, like, they do the hand gestures. It's a very repetitive, like, K-pop dancey music video, and so... There's there's such a way that you can do the dances as you're doing it. Um, a few people have been hit. I'm sorry <laughs> about that, but it's it's a fun experience. It's it's not fun experience. It's a it's a crazy intense extra. Experience. I think that uh like freestyling and kind of showboating a little bit is part of the fun of co-op. Uh, there's a uh, there's a video recently of uh, me and my friend playing uh, Chase Me co-op, and we're like dancing around and having a great time. It's just uh. I think it's it's really rewarding to get good at and then just goof around and have fun. Mm, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, like, um, there's this one day that I was playing co-op and uh, my friend showed me a score that wasn't S yet. Um, we actually found out that it was when there was a glitch where you can play things on ranked, which was why the world record was an A and not a double S. And the song was, it was a Christmas, it was Christmas Memories. Yeah, mm. Christmas Memories. And so we played it a bunch of times and gold s it, like almost a double S. And it was so satisfying. I mean, after we found out, we didn't get the world record. And someone probably already double s it. It's just, it was a like hack cheat score or whatever because of ranked. Um, but it was still really satisfying to get fairly good at co-op and just practice and grind it because you're there with someone. So it's like, when someone gets annoyed, you kind of bring each other up. I've seen it go the opposite way, though. Like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, that was your fault. And, like, people will get like that. Um, but depending on who you're playing with and the chemistry of things, I mean, when I'm playing with someone, it's usually, like, a team effort. Like, if someone else gets a miss, it's not like, oh, that was your miss. It's like, that was our miss, and we got to do better. And so there's, it's something so fun and so unique about how mostly in dance games, it's a very solo experience. Even when you're playing with someone else on the pad or like in a tournament, it's just your score that matters. They can't do anything. It's not like a fighting game where if they hit you, you have to hit back. It's literally just like you focus on yourself and you get the score you want. And so playing co-op is so different and fun and team-based and it really forces you to interact in a whole new kind of way and like you said it's just so satisfying uh, something i'd say about that uh what you brought up how it feels so individual to play uh, rhythm games and pump in general um i mm. uh 
I almost kind of disagree. I feel uh, the community aspect of the game keeps me coming back rather than the game itself. I'm striving to improve and get better when I play, but if it wasn't for the community, like it would, there'd be almost no point to play. For sure. I, 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 I thought, yeah, I definitely agree with that in some ways. Uh, for me, I've only been involved physically with a community, like not including an online community in the last couple years. Um, I guess ever since I started playing Pump, which was interesting because I did really like the community for Pump. Um, I guess I was more referencing the gameplay-wise, though, because, like, when it comes to the gameplay, um, and it's, like, different from person to person, but, like, if everybody stopped playing Pump and, like, all the machines were, like, offline and everything, I would still probably play just as frequently, if not more, because they'd be, like, no rotation. Um, but it's, like, it's a different kind of focus. I find that, um, like, rivals also really help push your gameplay. Um, but then when you're actually playing the game, it's like you you kind of push yourself together in a different way than you usually would, which is really refreshing. But, yeah, I actually agree on that. Like, having a community really helps you focus. Um, it's interesting, actually. I'm kind of wondering... This is something, sorry, something else just kind of came up that would be really interesting to talk about or just ask you about that I'm curious now is when you're playing the song and you're just, like, you're just playing a song, say you want to get a good score, I guess it's like, do you focus on just the song or do you focus on, like, external things? Like, uh, maybe when some people play a song, they're thinking, like, oh, I have to beat someone else's score or I'm doing this for someone else. But I think when I play, and this is probably very different from person to person, is I usually just kind of blank out my mind and just purely focus on the score and the arrows, and like my whole life and mind is consumed by the game. I uh, I definitely can get like that sometimes. I think it really just depends on the mood. I sometimes I have a hard time not getting overtaken just by the excitement. If I'm getting a good combo, I'll get uh, I'll get nervous or I'll just get excited in general. Um, sometimes I think mm. about uh. <laughs> This will sound silly. Sometimes I think about if, like, if there's, like, people there, like, I'll think, like, are these people watching me? Like, am I, like, under more pressure than usual? Uh, but usually I'll just focus really hard on the game and celebrate after the score is done. Hmm. Yeah, so, like, I, I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's a lot how I feel. I think the interesting thing is when you're in that focus mindset, it's, like, you can th- sometimes see other people are in that mindset, too. I think in co-op, there's a, a point, because, like, most times you're kind of fooling around, but the time I actually play co-op for score, which is not something I have much experience in, but that time I was trying to get, like, a double S on something, I felt that the person I was playing with also had that mindset, and so it's like we weren't talking to each other at all, but you can kind of, like, feel the other person concentrating just as hard as you, and, like, when you see, like, that they did the really hard part you kind of know internally that both of you guys saw that, if that makes any sense. There's like a non-verbal communication, but still in the serious zone. Definitely, especially when you get a random, like really high combo that you weren't expecting to get and things get really quiet and you just both start playing and focusing really hard rather than just uh, messing around. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I'd actually love to do a co-op freestyle. That would be a little off topic well, from being serious to complete opposite but i i've been interested more in freestyle recently i don't freestyle at all but i've just been like watching more 
and trying to uh, notice the spins more in pump and just looking at easier doubles patterns and seeing how you could turn around or just uh, reading at slower B uh, BPMs or like AVs to memorize parts and things like that. For sure, that. definitely. There's there's plenty of opportunities for style in uh, especially the easier co-op charts. A lot of them have spins. Almost all of them have spins, and you can you can spin anyways if they don't have spins. Yeah, for sure. Like when there's a blank or like kind of empty space in this uh, song, or like an arrow kind of spaced out from another, you just add steps in between and make <laughs> make everything a spin. I say like everything's a double step if you try hard enough. That's what I used to always say when I first started playing. Like if if you try hard enough, everything's a double step, and then. Recently, I started saying the opposite, just as a joke. I was like, everything's a spin if you try hard enough. I mean, yeah, it, it re technically, these are both true statements. But <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone would ever do that. But yes, technically, they are very true statements. Something I find funny about Pump is uh, when you start playing the game versus uh, what I found when I started playing from four panel to five panel is people will tell you the first thing you need to learn to do is to twist and not to double step. And then you get better and better and you start like you do the twisting patterns and you start getting better and better at singles. And then eventually you're supposed to start double stepping again because your form is bad if you twist too much. Just oh, a little yeah. a funny <laughs> anecdote. For sure. It's like in high levels you you play so efficient and crossovers waste so much energy that you kind of look at the things and you're like, okay, how can I cheat this song the most while still getting a decent score? But in the lower levels, if you cheat the things, people are like, oh, like you have to do it like this and that. But I mean, there's obviously there's a reason why, as counterintuitive as it sounds, you should play like that. It's, yeah. It's just but before funny. you learn, uh, before you learn how to take a shortcut to get somewhere, you need to have the proper foundation to be able to play the patterns. If you're just double stepping like a like a goon, <laughs> like on like S tens, you aren't gonna build the proper foundation that yeah. you'll need to be able to read and play the patterns at higher levels. Yeah, pr pretty pretty big life analogy there, I guess. It's like in school when you're younger and you have to learn how to multiply and everything, and then after they're like, "Oh, here's a calculator. You're you don't have to worry about that." <laughs> That's how it feels when you start <laughs> double stepping again. Like, oh yeah. I don't have to do that. I mean, you still do, but not as often. Or you you do the cheat stuff, and you feel like you're cheating at first, but then you're like, oh, no, I'm used to it. Like, this is cool. Uh, something I wanted to talk about uh, after you, uh, you mentioned it earlier, the competitive aspect of the game, is uh, we have tournaments very, very often here. How often do you guys have tournaments in Toronto, would you say? Uh, we had, like, our first tournament fairly recently, so... Uh, almost never, and unfortunately, I was in another tournament in the U.S. during the Toronto Rec Room tournament, which wasn't that great anyway, but I, oh, I missed bad. our only tournament. So, yeah, I would say we're probably trying to aim for annually because there are plans in the making of a tournament at Game Time Brantford for all the uh, Greater Toronto Era people listening. Uh, there was plans for a Nations one, but I've been hearing that since the beginning of summer, so uh, I don't know. But it's, uh, like I said earlier about arcades and being corporate and things like that, we really can't just go out and have, an, have a tournament. And so we 
we've had one so far, so I would say I'd average it about one tournament oh, I a gotcha. year. I think uh, out in Alberta, we've had, let me count, there's been the three rec room tournaments, uh, and then uh, the wow. two uh, the two tournaments at, uh, let me think of it, the two community-run tournaments, which are being held uh, quarterly. So we had one in June and one mm. uh, in September, just uh, last Saturday. And uh, the rec room staff have been very, very nice with us, at least at the rec or at uh, West Edmonton Mall. They let us like rent out the cab. We put in event mode. We play the tournament on VJ. Like it's very, uh, very exciting. That sounds amazing. I'm very excited to hear that because like, uh, it it makes me sad that we don't have that many tournaments. And to at least hear that you guys get that experience is really nice. I mean, I. Just hearing that makes me want to come down sometime, and uh, if I'm if I'm ever in that area, to try to come around the tournament and just even to just watch. And honestly, I feel like our tournament scene is quite good, especially considering that we're in Alberta and we only got pumped like about a year or so ago. Like uh, we had a lot of players that came from ITG, who are super big in the community. Like uh, mm-hmm. like Glow is probably the best Albertan player by far. Uh, She's like big in like a Canadian oh, yeah. sense. She's amazing. Like I'm, I'm sure you know who Glow is. Yeah, yeah. She was also at the tournament that uh, I was Bay in Science. in uh, LA when we were at Bay Science. Yeah, I was in that as well, and that was the same weekend as the uh, very first Toronto Rec Room tournament, which is why I missed it. But I think I would rather definitely uh, be in the US tournament than a Rec Room. Tournament. And she placed a uh, third in that, so good job, Steph. Round of applause. Um, uh, we. Yeah. That was hype. I was watching it live. The but uh, time. since she's from Calgary, uh, there's actually two guys from Edmonton who are very, very good. Like they're they're honestly like on their way. Like they're catching up, at least in a sense. In tournament, mm. uh, there's always been a really close finals uh, in terms of scores, and uh, even beyond just those three, there's there's players that are really, really good and getting getting a lot better the more tournaments we the more tournaments we have the more people are tryharding on rank and the more people who are trying to get better so that they can beat their friends and everybody's really fun friendly rivals with each other i was gonna say tournaments are really great for self-improvement and so that's why i personally enter a lot of remote tournaments which for people who don't know what that is uh remote tournaments are a style of tournaments which are done online um they're not all run the same way, but typically some of the ones I've done, at least for Pump, uh, tend to be like uh, you. everybody does a qualifier set and then submits pictures and then you seed and then you um, you go against someone and you have like a singles and a doubles song and you get like 10 days or a week or whatever to submit pictures and then the winners move on, you're against someone else, you get a new song and 10 days to play that and etc. until the finals. Uh, I'm currently also in one right now, which I have something due Friday, which is it's great to have things to play uh, every week at increasing difficulties. And sometimes you play stuff you wouldn't play and it just it keeps you practicing and it keeps a little motive and it keeps you kind of sharp in the game. Uh, So for those who don't have the opportunity to do that, I would recommend remote tournaments. Um, But yeah, I remember when uh, the, the main tournament that is closest for us which isn't super close but it's in montreal for otakuthon um a lot of torontonians will go down there uh for the convention and then go to the tournament and i noticed a lot of people were uh 
popping off, <laughs> as they say. Uh, saw some pretty sick things. Um, met a lot of cool people in Montreal. A lot of new rivals. A lot of people inspire me to play certain songs. Or just, like, the overall hype of it. I noticed when we got back to Toronto, like, the community seemed very vibrant. People were grinding things out. People were, like, like getting on the game and just being ready and training for the next It's definitely tournament. the biggest motivator. I've always been uh, interested in remote tournaments. I've yet to enter one, but uh, I'm hoping to enter one soon. I think it'd be interesting to have a Canadian-specific remote tournament. That'd be nice. I was actually uh, thinking of running a remote tournament sometime now that I'm uh, getting more, uh, I guess, getting more opportunity to get to know the rest of Canada uh, and, like, the people who play, I guess, mostly through the podcast and the uh, Pump It Up Canada Discord. So if anything does happen, I'll probably end up announcing it on Discord. I was either thinking of North America or Canada because I do have uh, quite a few friends in America who run uh, tournaments for things and so most of the remote tournaments both for four panel and five panel that I end up entering are run by an American although there's also a decent amount of ones run by Mexican players the only thing and don't be afraid to do this is you'll probably have to use Google Translate to translate the tournament page however there's usually at least one or two people that speak English so if you DM one of the organizers you can figure stuff out uh, but you said you were interested in entering remote tournaments. I was going to say uh, for new first-timers uh, in remote tournaments, like uh, I think I've, I've actually yet to enter any of these, but I think if I were to enter a first tournament, this would be the best for me, in my opinion, is um, group tournaments, which how they go is you enter with a group of people. They're usually in pairs or triplets. And you guys each have three songs to play, sometimes of ranging difficulties. Um, and one person in each group, you divide amongst yourselves to play the song. And then you submit the score. And sometimes required a video just to, depending on who's running the tournament, how many people, they sometimes like to verify that people don't cheat. Like for the tournament I'm currently in, they ask for videos because they're in Mexico and they don't know me. So, um, But yeah, so like you you move on with the team and so it feels a little bit more of uh like I guess less intimidating because you have a couple other people there to play with you and it also is probably exciting too because you you get to train with other people as opposed to just um you going to the arcade and and just playing by yourself uh, for a tournament that you don't know anyone else that definitely does sound interesting I'll have to check that out uh something I was meaning to say is uh uh, it would be nice to try and bring the whole Canadian community together more. It feels like the Western community and the Eastern community are very separate. We are very, very separated, like literally by a lot of land, as well as like most of uh, most of the Western Canada players talk in their own Discord. And I think there's an Eastern Canada Discord as well, unless that's just the Pump It Up Canada. What I've noticed is it's mostly Eastern, like it's mostly Ontario yeah. and Quebec that uh, chat in there. I've noticed that for sure, and it wasn't until the last uh, podcast episode where I was talking with the about the BC scene, and um, uh, I just found out they have their own uh, Facebook group chat or something, and they have like their own Discord, and so that there's like different things for the West, and I just didn't know that existed because our Discord is just called Pump It Up Canada. So as the um, very 
Torontonian person I am, I was like, oh yeah, like, like Canada, just, I see a bunch of Toronto people speaking, but that's just probably because we're most of the scene. But then I realized there's all you guys out there and I'm like, damn, like, I don't know you guys. Like that's, it's, it was pretty fun. Uh, like it's fun talking to you and just when I do interact with you guys, I'm like, oh, you guys have a scene out there. Like it's pretty fun to, um, interact. But of course I, I also imagine having everybody in the same area chatting Definitely. would be well, very we have chaotic our, uh, as Calgary well. has their own, uh, Facebook chat as well. And I, I'm sure there's like similar stuff for Edmonton and, it almost feels like the Edmonton and Calgary communities are like a like a big communal family almost. Like we all we all get together and have tournaments all the time. And I just uh, I wish that we were closer with our Eastern brethren. Hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a bit similar, not as close maybe, but fairly close. It's more of a once a year tournament thing though, with uh, uh, Toronto and Montreal. Like I know most, if not like all the main players that play there and like around their range. And so like uh, sometimes I'll talk with them or notice their scores are improving. And it's kind of nice to have that sense of like knowing the community and knowing everyone that's out there. And so it would be cool. Actually, this is, I'm just going to say this as a definite, there will be some kind of Canadian remote tournament. Maybe we can, uh, it'd be good to have you on board because you, you'd know the Western side of things. And I fairly absolutely. I'd be super down to help with that. Sorry, I just have that. Yeah, that'd be sick. So everybody, look forward to that. I literally just had to stop for a second to make sure I got the west and no east right because I'm like, I have so bad with directions. Um, but yeah, so just getting to know everybody and having tournaments, and like you said about like how, uh, since you guys have so many tournaments, you have something to look forward to and push for. I think just bringing the entire community together would be so cool especially if um we could like find ways to even like uh i don't know live stream sometimes or things like that mm. that that would just be cool um but yeah those those stuff all definitely need to be uh taking a mental note and uh put in the works of happening definitely i'd be super interested in in doing anything uh that would involve that I'm planning on taking a trip to Toronto at some point, uh, probably in January and February, hoping to meet a lot of the people who play there at that time too. Oh yeah, for sure. I think um, the community the community in Toronto is huge. So unfortunately, or fortunately, in your case, fortunately, it's very rare to go into an arcade, especially in a time like January and um, be the only person in the arcade. There's always somebody in almost every arcade, especially uh, the ones that are more accessible, which I assume you'll be going mm -hmm. to since you're uh, just visiting. Um, but yeah, also uh, there's uh, some, a few other things I wanted to ask about. I guess this is kind of a random question I was, I was thinking about though. Uh, I remember earlier uh, before uh, we started recording the podcast. You said something about a little bit of a competitive thing going on between Edmonton and Calgary, which I also noticed uh, while I was uh, watching the tournament for Rec Room. And so you said you you were from Edmonton for a couple of years, and then you moved to Calgary. So playing in tournaments, do you identify well, that's with a good Calgary question. Well, with Edmonton? It's tricky. Uh, it's nice to root for the underdog in Edmonton because Calgary has Glow, and Glow is just 
kind of like a league above everyone else. But uh, I would say that mm-hmm. I, I have friends in both. I want I just want my friends to do to do well, and everybody's my friend, so it's kind of it's tricky sometimes. The uh, the rivalry can get pretty fierce though, depending on who's playing who. Uh, nothing nothing extreme, obviously, but uh, it's definitely. Just some some mm-hmm. good competitive for sure. action going on there, and uh, definitely a uh, a, t- a city rivalry. Uh, every single finals. Oh, excuse me, sorry. Uh, every single finals for every uh, tournament that has had both Edmonton and Calgary players in it uh, has ended in an Edmonton versus Calgary final, which is interesting to me. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Well, it'd be also interesting to see if we did have an East versus West type thing then I feel like all of Alberta would kind of end up joining together and rooting for each other if it, as opposed to um, rooting for uh, like a Toronto or a Montreal player Definitely. if that ends up being the finals. So um, I guess another thing I was wondering about. So you said you had uh, three cabs there um, in Alberta. Yep. Two in Edmonton, one in Calgary, was that? Yep. Okay. And so, uh, do you, do you guys have uh, there's any four an panel ITG cab cabs in, there? Uh, in Edmonton. It's in a different arcade in West Edmonton Mall. West Edmonton Mall, fun fact, has three arcades <laughs> in it. The rec room, uh, the arcade by like wow. the court, it's called New Play. It has an ITG cab that's been there forever, basically. And there's a uh, there's a really old supernova cab in mm. uh, in Galaxyland, which is a theme park. Nice. I think actually, uh, my dad like a while back, before we even got the LX cab at our rec room, uh, went on like a business trip or something, and I think he went to that Edmonton rec room oh. and took a picture of the LX cab and sent it to me, uh, because everybody just knows how much I love dance games. That's when you play dance games, it ends up consuming your life and being everything that you talk about, and then you end up having a <laughs> podcast about it. So there's um, <laughs> there's also some private cabs, uh, but, ITG cabs. Yeah. That is, uh, there's a uh, Cerno TV. I think that's how you say his name. He's a pretty big streamer on Twitch. Uh, he has his own private ITG cab, and he lives in Leduc, which mm-hmm. is like next to Edmonton. It's basically Edmonton. I didn't know he lived there either, oh, to be honest, <laughs> until about a year ago. But uh, that's a thing. And they have their own little ITG community. Pump uh, more or less killed ITG in <laughs> in Alberta, at least. Same thing kind of happened. I was kind of asking about that to get the general uh, consensus on that. But yeah, a similar thing happened uh, in the GTA. Like a lot of the best ITG players, the, the scene really got more into privately owned and there wasn't really much competition for it. Uh, like there's still we have DDR Ace, but it's in such a weird out there location uh, that very few people um, I, I like play it. Uh, I noticed Pump because there's more cabs everywhere. Uh, it tends to be the bigger uh, thing. And as someone who loves both equally, actually a little bit more towards the DDR side, I find myself playing more Pump just out of convenience and community. And so I have to make an effort into playing DDR as much as I do pump because it's just so much more out there and so much harder to find. Um, And so I see why most people have just flocked to pump it up. And if I were a new player, there's no reason for me to get into DDR. 
Um, and I think that's what happened in most of Canada. Uh, because in the U.S., I'd say the scenes are both pretty thriving. Um, I mean, Pump has always been more friendly to new players, but in Canada, like, I've just noticed all across... It's just, like, it's very Canada unfortunate uh, in Canada how we have literally no access, or basically no access to DDRA. Like, we have no cabs here in Alberta, obviously. Uh, I think there's, like, what, there's one in Toronto, and there's one in Vancouver, right? And that's it? Yeah, uh there, there's one in the entire country actually um, uh it's just with uh konami's uh just how they work they're uh very strict with their online e-amusement services and so the only places they can outsource to are dave and busters in round one because they have a contract and pay the monthly online service fees for emus which is the pass because since ddr 2013 i believe you can only just to turn on the cabs you need to have the online service enabled, uh, which is something that Konami has to be a part of and set up and configure and have like enabled in their side and end of things on the server. So you can't just buy a DDR Ace machine. You just bought like twenty thousand dollars worth of yeah, useless metal. Yeah, you need to like, pay these subscriptions. Turn it on um, legally without. Yeah, and but they wouldn't even allow you to pay a subscription. You could offer them a million dollars a month, and they still wouldn't allow you to pay the subscription. If they found out you had a cab, they'd be like, what the heck? I don't care how much money you're offering me. So that that could be a whole rant in itself, how uh, annoying it is that it's so... Like, it, there's not even much of a good reason for it, but it's just so, uh, like, I guess kept away from us, or just kept away from the general public and so it's like we we only have two dave and busters that i know of and technically according to dave and busters america all dave and busters are supposed to get an ace cab but only one of ours got one because the other one's a crappy dave and busters i don't even call it a dave and busters there's like a pump nxa machine or something but like it's ah. broken and if you lean on the bar too much it will fall out so yeah it's um essentially uh ddr ace is just we don't have much access to it and we're not going to get any more access to it from what I can see unless round one ends up opening in Canada or Dave and Buster's ends up opening more locations so it's it's kind of nice that Pump ended up reviving the dance game scene I I knew if I had a choice I would have thought oh four panel but getting into Pump was nice and I think having the diversity between Pump and DDR and just like being able to enjoy the different things about pump like um co-op mode crossing over uh like just the patterns doubles like things like that it's really fun and a Definitely. really good skill to have i think that uh konami uh, does not like making money <laughs> clearly because the rec room has plenty of money to blow on, uh, yeah. on ddr cabs like they were discussing in wem buying another lx cab another prime 2 lx cab and uh, we convinced them to wait until Prime 2019. But mm. uh... Oh, nice. Actually, I think the uh, Toronto rec room... Oh, wait. I'm not supposed... Am I supposed to say this? I don't know. But, you know, that's what I'm going to say. Maybe the Toronto rec room might do the same thing. And maybe we told them to hold off until the new game. But, yeah, that's uh, kind of how Nations is. We have two LX cabs there back to back. It is beautiful. And I assume when the new game comes out, they're upgrading. Yeah, definitely. Both the nice thing about the rec room is, so. is I was a little worried. I was skeptical for a while that they would not upgrade the cabs and then the scene might die here because we would have nothing to play on. 
or like nothing to play online with, I should say, but they are very, very like gung ho about like they want to keep the scene alive and they're they're happy. <laughs> they two thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket to Cineplex for the upgrade kit, so I mean when you think about it overall, uh arcade games and arcades in general are a dying thing. Rec room and most places, like Dave and Buster's even, they advertise themselves as a restaurant with entertainment on the side, even though when you walk in, the first thing you see are arcade games. If it was just purely an arcade with maybe mediocre food or something, people wouldn't be as drawn to it. But because it's a bar or because like they they have like food and deals and everything like that and they kind of turn it into more of a social thing, people don't really end up solely going there for the arcade games because like no one no one does that these days i mean we do that but like it's just it's sad um and so out of all the arcade games redemption games make the most money and games like pump even though it costs more credits it, it has a long turn um and it's an expensive machine it makes sadly like the least money so that's kind of how dance games ended up dying a little bit back in the day and how they're kind of it's just it's hard to have a scene for such a like such a niche thing and such an expensive thing without people being super dedicated uh but that's good it's well it's good that pump players and dance game players seem to be one of the most dedicated people like some of the most dedicated people i've ever met like most people in the community will go like multiple times a week and just play all the time and live, breathe, eat, sleep. Definitely. Pump, I find so. in, in rhythm game yeah. communities in general, uh, we have a very uh, diehard tendency towards the game. Like everybody is uh, kind of a mono gamer and everyone is uh, is very, uh, very in tune with the game and very, very dedicated to improving. At least those who are like going like once or twice a week or even more and playing like five hour sessions. I have a friend who goes, he goes twice a week and he plays five hours each time he plays. And it's like, he's been doing this for like a year. Like it's, uh, and I know some people play even more often. Like it's, uh, Damn. it's a huge commitment. Yeah. When I had the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a commitment, but you don't even feel like that. Cause it's, it's so fun. And when I had the opportunity to play more, uh, like, uh, in the summer before I started working, I would go every single day from like almost open till close. Uh, like the first thing I do when I woke up was just uh, go straight to the arcade and then I would end up being there like, oh, it's closing soon. It's already the evening time. And so uh, it's just like it's just such a fun game. It, it's literally it, it feels like an addiction. I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of chemistry in my brain proving that I am addicted to dance games. I definitely, uh, it, I feel like dance games so are not the worst type of game to be addicted to. To be fair, it's very, uh, it's very physical. I always feel good after I play. Yeah, them, for sure. Regardless of whether or not I played well, it's uh, like its own workout. It's very nice. Yeah. Totally. Like, uh, I mean, it's it's an exercise. It's a. How I like to rationale to people, like you, pl- you play some video game all the time. I'm like, okay, it's a, uh, it's an, ac- it's a form of exercise, <laughs> so I don't have to go to the gym. At least that's what I tell myself. Um, it's, it's a social aspect. Like most of my friends are from this, and it's there's a sense of community, so I'm socializing, and I'm also playing a game and blowing off steam because like video games are just fun to unwind with. 
So I just got like three of my basic needs done through one source. Uh, like sure. I can't think of any other <laughs> exactly. activity that's that productive. You make a very productive. solid case for Pump It Up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When uh, when people say that, kids, just just I don't know, kids, anybody. It seems to actually you seem to be criticized more as an adult. So adults, when when people tell you that, just uh, just tell them if you add up all the time it takes to socialize, to be at home playing video games, and to go to the gym, I'm pretty sure they spend just as much, if not more, time doing all those things than you do playing pump and in the end they don't have some cool scores to show for it or brag about like tournaments i also or, find like, that rankings uh, or things like that the most know? successful players are also very successful like like older human beings like they're uh like a lot of people that i that play are like in their later 20s or early 30s uh, like yeah, yeah. i uh i'm 21 but i'm on the lower age spectrum of players in in alberta at least Yeah, I think when most of the players that have come from 4Panel, like, for me, I've always been uh, one of the youngest. Uh, I'm turning 20, actually. Uh, today is DDR's 20th anniversary. Uh, for those who don't... Or is, it, is, it, is this... Oh, well, almost. By the time whoever's listening to this, it's passed. But it was um, September 26th. Uh, and so... But then it officially came out and released... I think this was a location testing date. But it officially came out and released in November 4th, 1998. And so I was actually born November 14th, 1998, so like 10 days after the uh, very first DDR game in Japan, first mix. Uh, so because the game has been around for 20 years, a lot of players tend to be around their late 20s to early 30s on average. And so I got into dance games when I was like four, so fairly young. So whenever I went to the arcade, I was always one of the youngest players there uh but i find it interesting that now seems to be the time that pump it up is in some kind of revival stage and a lot of people are getting into it and so the average age for the toronto community also there being um there's nation experience which is the nice place to play with two lx cabs is right by a high school so i think the average age if i had to guess would probably be like hmm. 17 18 ish and so like Maybe there's there's a lot of range, but um, so it's weird not to be the youngest. But yeah, saying most of the people I know though from four panel, they tend to be on the older side. Um, so like not that I'm super young. I mean like twenty isn't. I don't know. It's all about perspective. But in perspective to most four panel players, I would be more on the young side. And so I've noticed like yeah, a lot of them, they they have jobs, they have lives, and I, I think you learn a lot of like a sense of discipline and hardworking and reward and like you know because all your work kind of pays off and you kind of like train super hard at something and you you study and you get really good at pump and so I think if you can do that at one thing you can kind of apply that to other aspects of your life and just be good at anything as long as you have definitely for sure and I feel like rhythm mindset. games in general have really uh have really impacted me and my life like in terms of just life skills in general I uh I, I feel like I've had a lot, most of my success in life has come from uh, from the skills I've learned from rhythm games, as lame as that may sound. Hell yeah. I think, I think we could even get into a topic all in itself about how rhythm games impacted life. That's, I have a 
a document where I write down ideas for episodes, and that was something I just really mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. I mean, we could totally just talk a bit about it, because I, like, especially since I've been playing for more than half my life, like, 75% of my life, but seriously playing and loving, well, I've been loving the game since I started, but I guess I, I started playing more seriously and, like, by more often, just as soon as I had the freedom to play more often, um, but it's definitely, like, really changed my life like it's so weird to think about what would my life be like if I didn't play dance games because like around this this time being DDR's 20th anniversary and all that dance game nostalgia I was like whoa like I can't think back to a time where I didn't have this burning passion that like in my heart whenever I saw a dance game machine like it's it would just be so empty without dance games and music games Uh, weird I uh I, I didn't even, uh, I never came from four panel or anything like that. I started directly into pump about hmm, probably six, six, seven months ago. I want to say now, I forget when it was. My friend showed me uh, who played in Calgary. Nice. I met some of the Calgary people and then I found out there's a cab in Edmonton and I started playing there. Uh, before I played uh, pump, I played Osu for about five years, which I know is kind mm-hmm. of a dirty word in the rhythm game community, but uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's okay. It's uh oh so, you know uh, it <laughs> yeah, it's like, like Osuo with your feet, your feet right? uh, needless to say I don't play anymore but nothing <laughs> 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 honestly yeah. I don't think people should not like a game because it's shame because the irony of all the dance game players shaming Osu is like in the tenth grade when I would go to school. And everybody would be like, "What's your favorite video game?" And yeah, I'd be exactly. like, "Dance Dance Revolution." And they'd be like, "What?" <laughs> That's exactly Let's play the a point. Real game. I, uh, like, I'm not trying to defend the game. I, I don't think it's the greatest rhythm game. It has a an interesting community. I love the Pump It Up community. Everyone is so nice, and that's really it's such a it's such a difference from having played a game like that mm-hmm. for so long, and then you go and play Pump, and it's so warm, Dance and everyone's so nice to you, that. and no one is like yeah, insulting you. <laughs> Yeah, dance games are very wholesome. I was going to say that my main thing against Osu, um, I mean, for me, uh, the last three to four years of my life, I, I'm more like three, I got really involved with the community, specifically dance game community. Um, and so, but for the rest of my life, I purely just based my love for dance games on the gameplay. Like I was, and I, even today, if, like I said, if everyone stopped playing, I would still play and as I said in last episode, sometimes I don't tell people I'm playing because I just want to spend some time alone with the cab. Like, I, I have a literal, like, love for the game. Um, but anyway, so the thing, the one thing I do have about Osu, which I don't know how we got here, but, you know, it's it's something that needs to be said is that some people just hate it for the sake of it, but they don't really realize that they're just hating it because everyone else is hating it or, like, oh, the community is kind of toxic. But if you look at it objectively as a game, the reasons to hate it are because they use copyrighted music from games like Sam Voltex and things like that, and the artists aren't making money. And sometimes smaller artists even get upset when they find out their songs gotten like hundreds of thousands of downloads in some game. And they and and the thing is that makes it even worse is that Osu is actually profiting off of these um, illegal distributions of music. Uh, and so if they didn't charge people for the game, it'd be a little bit more excusable because it, then you'd say, oh, they just want to make a game, kind of like what KSM and uh, LR2 do, um, which I play. Uh, but 
As for Osu, just the fact that they are charging people for music that they're not even paying for uh, is a little bit sketch. And then also just, yeah, there's if you if you want to play a game that's ripping mm-hmm. off Beatmania, you would play LR2. You know, if you want to play a game that's ripping off Taiko, there's better Taiko simulators. But as for the main Osu, like the, the core of Osu, like the actual main game with the clicking circles and stuff... Uh, Elite Beat Agents, which is the game it's based off of for the DS, I played that and I quite enjoyed it, and I think it was a good concept, and Osu could have done really well, and it did do well objectively because it drew in a lot of people, but the community ended up being toxic and maybe the wrong type of people, and like the ignorant people that don't really realize what the game is doing and how it's putting down and overshadowing other games that it stole credit from uh but like like personally i i didn't mind the gameplay and i kind of thought it was an interesting concept and it was fun for me to play but i just i didn't really get as much into it um because i i have i was more into other styles of rhythm games but i saw the potential in it yeah that makes sense Uh, sense. sorry to to drive the conversation that way i just uh, i felt like i'd be remiss if i didn't mention it since it was such a large portion of my life before i played pump i Oh no, like, yeah, I think it's a bit refreshing because I've been talking about Pump, I mean, I talk about Pump 24-7, so uh, I, I definitely it's agree probably with you refreshing about copyright. to the I think the game is things. honestly handled in a really kind of sketchy and weird way in the sense that the payments are donations and, like, it's all a very morally gray area how it is and the community creates all the content for the game without getting any credit. It takes, like like, hours upon hours to create content for the game and you get literally nothing for it. Uh, like the creator of the game is a goof sometimes. Yeah, and I guess like, that's. Uh, and it's just like it's kind of a, a silly community altogether. Yeah. I, uh... mm-hmm. I mean, I assume there's a bit of respect for step chart artists, like similar to how it is in the ITG community. People just, if you're making a step chart, you do it kind of for the passion, and maybe a few people that follow you. You might you might get a following if you're a good uh, chart artist, uh, but what I've noticed is there's some really interesting, uh, respectable charts that have made me go. And play yeah, OC. charts or maps. Like there was a, yeah. a map that someone made. I believe that's what you call them. You call them maps, not charts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, like clearly I don't play that much, but I do play occasionally. Cause there was um, some someone made something that was key sounded. So for, for those who don't know, I guess if anyone's listening, they're like because uh, dance games aren't key-sounded, but key-sounded games would be, like, the most basic I can think of is Guitar Hero, as in when you actually hit the notes, it makes a sound. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the cooler version of key-sounded games are, like, 2DX or Sound Voltex, where it, like, literally feels like you're playing the music, as opposed to Guitar Hero, the music just plays and pauses kind of I think uh, I don't know. I don't know. In Guitar Hero, I, I think it's... Uh... When you play it, it'll just play the audio track. Like, it doesn't play on or off sync. Like, like when you're playing 2DX and it'll play off sync, or when you're playing Sound Voltex and it'll do the modifiers in real time, which I think is the coolest key sounding. Yeah, um, that's sick. I love how in 2DX, there's, there's, you kind of, you're playing a sort of part of the song over the song. And so the song is like, you hear the background of the song, but then you're playing like a melody or something, something like that sometimes. And that's pretty cool. But anyways, yeah, somebody went through all the effort. It must have taken forever to make a key-sounded Osu map. 
and that was pretty sick. I think uh, a little bit later I found out, like, this was a pretty old map, but some uh, YouTuber or streamer or something gave it credit, and so it kind of blew up for that, but there was a lot of maps that don't really get as much credit, and some of the popular maps people may not like, like, uh, because it's just maps are popular because of the community. That's what you get with the community-driven game, and some people complain that ITG went the same way, like, oh, the community just likes a certain type of charts, so only those charts will be popular and all the good charts get buried. But with games like um, Pump It Up, because uh, it's not community-driven, there's not like it's not like pop culture where only certain things get popular. It's like it's actually controlled by the creators, like an Miro, so they're going to put in all different types of charts. And so, I don't know, for people who haven't really played a lot of ITG, like, there's a stereotype that all the charts are just streamy, really fast, and there's diverse things in 4Panel, it's just that that's what the community likes, and so because it's so community-driven, that's what dominated the community, and so having a game where it's still picked out by the, the people who make the game, and they still add some diversity is really refreshing, because uh, some people may really like gimmicky charts, and some people may hate them, and um, I think it's that like uh, a little bit of everything I'm really, really thankful that Pump is not a community-driven game uh, in terms of content creation. I, uh, I feel like community-driven games, like when they are creating literally all the content for the game, are destined for failure, are destined to just... They, uh, they contort themselves until they start either abusing the system or like in the ITG's case where the charts became more and more sort of normalized and they became more and more... Like, they all went towards yeah. the one, like, everything is really stamina-based, everything is, like, a 60-minute marathon. Exactly. Like... And then somebody makes a chart that's, like, different from that, and they get pooped on, unless yeah. somehow some really popular person says it's popular, and then everyone's like, oh my god, they're so unique, they're insane. So it's really, like, everyone's like, oh can I admit that I like this chart or is it not cool? And it's like, who cares? Just just play what you like to play. Um, so I, I feel like community-driven things, they'll generally have a lifespan where they're fun at first when everyone's like, ooh, you can make customs. And so everybody just makes the craziest, coolest customs. But then eventually people are like, oh, people like my customs if I make them like this. So I'm just doing this for the, for the fame. So I'm not going to make it how I really want to. And things like that start happening. Uh, and then I guess... For people who don't know, Pump does have the some user custom steps, like some, some user-driven content, not a big part of the game. You could literally go through the game without noticing. Um, and it's cool because some of the uh, charts and songs that are submitted by users actually end up, they have contests and some of them end up getting into the actual game, which is very cool. Um, and one of my favorite co-op if not my favorite co-op oh, is a user custom step it's a four player cross time co-op uh yeah it's yeah it's famous like i say it, everyone knows it, and that <laughs> i feel like that should mm -hmm. should have made it into the game uh because everybody really knows that co-op um uh, and that's a custom co-op but because the entire game isn't customs and because it's a, such a small portion and we're not adding custom music or anything it's just step charts and there's not a whole like uh really too much fame and like weird things it's just you find a step chart and you play it i find that it still tends to be pretty pretty nice and just the dance game community overall specifically pump just being really wholesome 
I find Pump and DDR community tends to be a lot more wholesome. If I have to say toxic dance games, I would just easily point to IGG. It's not as bad these days, but that's a whole nother route I could go down of why and how the game was just made for it to become toxic. I think that part of the reason why the UCS isn't so prevalent in Pump, even though it's there, is because there's so much diverse, difficult content in the game. Like there's so so many difficult charts. Like we aren't like we aren't hurting for difficult things to play in uh in terms of yeah. official charting. Like there's like ridiculous uh ridiculous charts. I love that about pump. I've heard for some of the very, yeah. very hardest difficulties there's a little bit less, but I don't have to worry about that and uh, most people don't. Um but yeah, there's so much content. It's um, I think like these days when people get into music games and dance games, they improve pretty quick because the more content you have, the more diverse uh, exposure you get. And so the faster you can improve, assuming that is that you play all the diverse things. And also to point out that I think you can only have 10 UCS uh, user That's custom true. step yeah. songs uh, charts on your account at a time. Yeah, so... I mean, if you wanted to play just UCS, you'd be playing only 10 songs for your entire trip unless you constantly, like, had your laptop or phone with you and you were, like, changing them up. But um, I feel like that's kind of good that they did that, though, because uh, maybe it's a server thing because, as we know, their servers are crap. But I think as well, though, yeah, <laughs> if... Um, shout out to... Uh, good luck checking your like, record today, of recent plays anytime. my record of recent plays. Apparently, I don't play. I don't even know. Yeah, it's... a. Uh, like a lottery kind of thing like you check it you're half expecting it to be there or not like you feel amazing when it's actually working and that's mm-hmm. a bad thing when you <laughs> when you feel proud of something for doing what it's supposed to do <sighs> but <laughs> it's weird because the prime one servers were way better but i think there's a lot more players now and that could contribute i loved the server downtime that happened that I where i thought i, I thought going they were gonna fix the uh, i thought they were gonna fix so, record of recent play while i was down and then it ended up being down for an extra nine hours. And when they came back up, record of recent play still was broken. Yeah, yeah that's just like... They're a little goofy they sometimes, needed a break. that's okay. They're like, yeah, we're, uh, we're done. Yeah. It might as well have the servers They back. know the game's almost over anyway, so they're like, eh, who plays it? Yeah, we've already made our money off this. It's uh, Get everyone hyped for the new game. Uh, but yeah, I was saying about having only 10 songs, I kind of appreciate that if it's not just for a server reason, because then people would, I think people would uh, maybe play more customs or people could uh, play a lot more customs. And well, it is fun and exciting to watch customs. And if you make your own customs, share them with friends, or it's exciting to see other people play your customs. Uh, shout out to Ditto, who I think he made like an S16 mm-hmm. of something. And there's this YouTube like the pump vietnam it's players an 18 actually, and they think, play like for, a lot of uh, things and rocking. apparently they played one of his charts which is pretty sick 18 okay oh yeah, yeah yeah that was it my bad yeah i forgot what it was but that that's pretty sick so like being able to see other people playing your charts like that's pretty cool mm, but just that limiting to 10 really makes it like just the a side thing it's like it's like it a, feels like there's so many side weird random intricacies to pump that are hidden behind obscure uh obscure website uh menus that are really poorly translated like music train and like the random train and all that 
<laughs> it's Oh yeah, it's uh it's fun to play with other people because I wouldn't have known half those things if I never played with anyone. I mean, I didn't know how to get to full songs until until we started this podcast, actually, because I think someone told me that as as we were like doing one of the early episodes. And I was like, oh, that's how you find it. <laughs> why why am I hosting this podcast? It's literally half for me to learn about Pump because I just started playing Pump in the summer. At the, at the beginning of the summer was when I really got into it. Uh, though then again, I played like when I first started playing, I played like every day. But it I still feels don't like know half every the time names I play of pump, the songs. And like I've been playing for but that's okay. for like seven months now. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll just see a song that I've never seen before, like in like the deep murky depths of like the three hundred section. There's always something that surprises me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I think, like, the songs we know the most are the ones that come up first. So I've started sorting them alphabetically, which for people who are listening and don't know, if you go into the options menu and you go into sort, and then it it puts them in order from, like, alphabetical order. Uh, So it's just refreshing to see everything in a different order because I still sometimes want to be in the old tunes uh, section, but I would like to see a different order. And so having them like that, it's like kind of confuses you a bit to play different songs as you're looking through things because there are a lot of songs in that game, which is great, but also intimidating. Like, I feel like there's a sweet spot of having a lot of songs, but then if there's too many songs, sometimes you just don't end up branching out. But I think it's good that Pump has a lot of songs. It's just you have to force yourself to branch out, especially for newer players who don't have the knowledge of, oh, this song was in the last game or I've seen this chart before or whatever. Uh, because, like, yeah, I did play a bit of Pump back in the day, but I was mostly four panels, so I don't really remember all the songs. I just, oh, that's kind well, the, of The only way to improve um, so but most of them are keep quite playing new, new things and keep challenging yourself. If you, if you, always, play, if you always play Chase Me and, like... <laughs> That's it. That's the only song you For play. Sure. You're not going to get any better. So it's like just kind of how it is. It's such a good I don't know why Chase Me came to mind, but. <laughs> I remember there was a time. You know, it's so accurate because I would play Chase Me S18 all the time because it's so fun. And it's, it's just something about it. It's just so fun. Like, it's such a fun chart. And like, it's not really that much effort either it's like a very very easy 18 and i i don't know if i full comboed it yet but i feel like i should be able to but anyways yeah it's just it's really it's just really flashy too so sometimes if there are a lot of people watching you just kind of like you know play play chase me it's just such a fun song and it's a k-pop song but it's not too easy but it's also not like gonna kill you um, the 20 uh, the, looks the fun for it, too. There's a, a, there's a D, D18 mm, or D19? It's a D20 something. I, I know that there's an unlock for the doubles. The singles is an D20. S21 and an S23. That's... Yeah. Okay, that's a 21. That that Yeah. Um, but both of those, the 18 and the 21, very fun. Chase Me is just fun. Anyway, that's a, I could talk about Chase Me forever. I always do the, okay, reference to, like, we were talking about this earlier in the Discord about, like, different things that you sing through to, to pump songs. And I feel like it's hard to, like, we were trying to spell out the the 
the mm-hmm. things that we sing. See, it's hard to spell it out. You just kind of have to like do it. Um, but there's certain things that I always do when I'm playing certain songs, and a few people do them as well. Um, but it's also just a me thing. <laughs> there's that part in Chase Me when it's like, Chase Me, and it's like dangerous, and like that part, like on that, I can't sing. By the way, <laughs> I have no. I'm I'm purely a visual timer because I have no sense of rhythm. But anyways, whenever someone anyone's yeah, playing says Chase dangerous. Me, and there's that little pause, and it's like dangerous, and like everybody just does that, and it. Yeah, like you can't not do that. There's a few essentials, so I just need to run down the essentials and just point them out. You know, if 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 people don't do this, uh, get out your note pens, and next time you hear the song, y- you need to do it. Um, there's a there's super styling where it's like there's a he. Where is that? What does it come after again? Feel like making noise by he something like that, and then. Yeah, and then everyone just, like, sings that very passionately. It's weird without the music. I just, I, you can tell how off I am. Um, yeah. And yeah. then yeah, the other course. one is for cross time, when it's like, I want to catch you, baby. Yeah. Everyone says that. And then, fun fact as well, um, I, I wanted to figure out all the words to a bunch of songs. I think I gave up with Super Stylin' after a yeah. month, and I looked up the lyrics because that's so grammatically incorrect <laughs> that I wouldn't have guessed those lyrics. Some like, of the lyrics I feel are like making classic, noise yeah. by myself. Who? What? What? Yeah, that's... I, I honestly, that makes me love the song more. Like, I'll just... At least I can <laughs> sing it now. And I'm still trying to learn up and up, but I just go like... Like, as it gets too fast. And it's like, it's hard to read the lyrics in the back, especially with a BJ Dark. They're just so fast. Um, I don't try to read them as I'm playing it. I, re- I try to read them as other people play. Um, but I do sing as I play sometimes. Uh, but anyways, yeah, for um, for cross time. So after that part, um, just like I only could pick up the main chorus. Like the I want to catch you, baby. And like, oh, that part. But I couldn't pick up any of the other words. And it was really annoying me. And I, I would always like tell people like, I don't want to look up the lyrics. I don't want to look up the lyrics. I'm just going to listen. And I went through a phase when I first started playing where I'd play cross time all the time. <sighs> but anyways, yeah. So I, I was saying that and Ditto heard that. And he's like, oh, you can't, yeah. you can't um, understand. Yeah, them. they say, I want to like, get yeah, you, baby. And then it's, like, no, then it's Korean. Can't. Yeah. It's Korean. I was like, oh, And uh, yeah, that I didn't realize, like for the longest time, I just thought they were talking really fast or I just couldn't understand it. Because no matter how hard I listened, I was like, what are they saying? Like, I would try so hard to listen. that I would be like mm-hmm. hearing like a few English words in there. So I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I think I got a word and I would like get really intense. Like I was ready to like write that stuff down and like I would put my ear really close to the cab. And I was so confused. And so, yeah, that part. It's Maybe you're, you're out of the. You're, Apparently, you're out everyone of the knew that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's. Yeah, out of the loop for sure. I just. So, if. I mean, maybe I can go out and learn the Korean lyrics. That would be a lot more effort. But, I mean, I'm sure I've heard it enough times. I could probably try to, like, fudge my way through. But, yeah, I, I like that song a lot. I don't play it as much, though. Um. I think I used to play it a lot more. I hated the chart. The, the, the S18 is okay. I hated the S15, but when I first started really? playing, I, I, I play feel that. the exact opposite. Um, I, I really dislike the S18, I but I like the S15 a lot. And I really like 
Hmm. The S. I think the one thing about the S15 I don't like, or at least I haven't played it in a while. From what I remember, the last time I played it, it wasn't as bad. Yeah, you, you don't There's have some to bracket brackets, them. Random brackets in there. I don't think. I think they're optional brackets. I think they're jumps, <laughs> but you should. Okay, I I prefer to bracket them because I'm lazy. Um, but I think it's I think it's a lot more easier to time if you. I don't know if they're meant to be bracketed. I always thought they were, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're not. I mean, it is an S15. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, I think the end was a bit crossy. And when I first started playing, I was, uh, as I said, uh, I would double step. Uh, what was I say? Yeah, everything's a double step if you try hard enough. So um, I didn't like that. And I think there's parts where there's holds. And so if you kind of mess up I think a crossover, that... you drop a hold. And so I didn't really oh, sorry, like sorry. them. Sorry, yeah, sorry. You go ahead. But go now ahead. I don't mind it. Um, but the D. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to say, but the G17 yeah, is one to. of my favorite charts. Uh, I feel like cross time in general as a as a set, like of of like from the 11 to the 18, like all three of those charts are really really good for for learning. I know a lot of uh, and a lot of newer mm-hmm. players wall on the SA11 because it has like twists in it. It's like really basic and like twisty. And then the, the cross time 15 has some unintuitive rhythms, and it has uh, uh, like that ending section is really like difficult and twisty. And then the S18 has uh, mm. the uh, the one foot bracketing at the end where you're holding the top right arrow and you're playing yeah. uh, like a stream with your with your uh, your heel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun. That's fun. That it's a really good uh, guard the first time. Like it's just like it's a really it's nice. It's really uh, fun to practice that. that technique. Yeah, I think the also the I remember that D seventeen was the first D seventeen I played. I wouldn't recommend oh, it. I don't think it's one of the easier. Oh, something I, I think it's like an I average. Plug was, I uh, we made a uh, pull it up. Me and some other guys from Edmonton it's, made a co-op uh, tier list. I'll link it to you after. I don't know if you can put it in the description or something somewhere. We have like it's like a it shows the difficulty of all the co-op charts and it has some comments on them too. Oh, I nice. think I might have yeah, to add I some can... more comments because I it was pretty barren the last time I saw it, but. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about co-op, so I'm sure a lot of people will be more inspired. And a lot of, uh, from when I was at Rec Room, I think Giphy showed me a picture the other day, mm-hmm. and it was in Korean. It was just, like, a list, but, like, it was visual, so you could see, like, all the pictures of in increasing order. Um, but having mm-hmm. an English list, especially made by someone that you know, is quite nice. So that's amazing. Thanks for that. Um I have a doubles list that covers everything, and it says here, yeah, um, cross time is one of the harder D17s, um, but I didn't know that, so I just played it as my first D17, um, but it goes from D12s all the way to D20, D20, um, which is uh, pretty decent if you're starting out with doubles, uh, but I didn't make it myself. This uh, random Mexican person made it for me uh, because... Mexican people are amazing at pump, especially doubles and doubles no bar. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure not everyone in Mexico plays pump. Actually, the joke is they play step F2, but <laughs> yeah, they're uh, very good. So yeah, they they hold a lot I, uh, of remote I'll tournaments. Have to check that out. Just post I, a lot I'm of getting more into doubles sometimes. now. I uh, I'm mostly a singles player, and uh, now that I've I, I feel like I'm almost hitting a bit of a wall at uh, at S21s in singles, so I might switch to doubles for a bit. 
It's interesting you say that, because, uh, so right now, my, I guess, technically, level cap, whatever, the highest thing I've done is, uh, S21 and D18 at the moment. Oh, okay, I've done Gargoyle, but um, I don't, I didn't count Gargoyle, because it's so, full song. uh, Gargoyle, <laughs> full? Oh, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, I don't count it, but people told me it counts, like, whatever, but I've ate a few, like, 20 things. I think if I go back and like, look for some 21s that are, like, really streamy, because, uh, like I said, I started Pump in the summer, and it's currently, uh, September now, so, like, I had a summer of decent play, but, um, I'm definitely, like, I mean, I haven't been playing DDR as much as I said, like, Pump's been consuming my time, but I'm trying to play more and enter tournaments for that remotely, uh, but in DDR, I play 18s, which, the scaling is different, the highest difficulty is a 19 at the moment, um, and so that would be the second highest difficulty. So if you scale them more easier uh, from someone, some people who have played both DDR and Pump, they're like, oh, if you could somehow translate your knowledge, you should be able to, like, have the skill set for, like, low 20s. Yeah, it's weird. If you translate that, I don't, I don't really know how, but you can't translate that because they're not, they're very different, like, you can't. But if they were somehow transferable to give people, like, an idea... It's the second highest level, and I'd say every one level in DDR is maybe about three levels in pump. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, so um, foot speed and just random drill streamy stuff are good for me. So I'm sure if I went through and just found the random 21, like I feel like anyone who can a gargoyle I definitely should be able to do like sure. a random 21, at least a it. Um... Yeah, and then for as for um, like twenties, if anyone's like honestly just I that, do PS uh, that chart is really really barefoot, overrated. I don't like that barefoot. that chart is barefoot like an eighteen. Address, it's crazy. So, by accident. And yeah, it's like the new songs that came out. I found out some of them. Were, yeah, that were one really too is really overrated. Yeah. Like the sleepy fox dog, whatever brown fox. Brown I find Brown that S twenty actually yeah, that quite, S17 quite difficult. At least, uh, like I can hit it very consistently, but I can't. I can't stay yeah, I mean, just because of the foot speed. I don't know how you find that one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that one. The thing is, actually, I don't mind foot speed, but it is. It is a lot. Uh, it's weird though because. In certain things, for example, when I played Gargoyle, I switched to my Nike Freeze, which are more cushy, and so it's less effort required. They're really good for bounce, and that's what I use when I play 4-panel. Um, but for Pump in general, I'll play in very thin um, shoes so I can feel the pad well, and they're a bit more grippy, especially because I'm playing a lot more doubles or just to bracket in, which is a really big part of the game in higher difficulties. You, you need to be able to bracket. Um I use those. I use a New Balance Minimus, which they they kind of look like toe shoes, but minus the toe, so they're very thin and small. Um, and so drilling and streaming with those because they're also very grippy, um, it, it's a lot more effort. And so sometimes for certain songs, I'll change my shoes. Uh, so if there is a really drill and streamy song, I mean, I've played Gargoyle before in my uh, regular, like the really thin shoes, and it just it hurt my feet, but like. Like, I can do it, but it's, like, not fun. Uh, so, yeah, but then the thing is for pump, though, with crossovers and things, playing in freeze for me personally, at least the ones I have, are too slippery. Um, 
and I don't like how I can't feel the pad well enough, and I'm already not the best at bracketing, uh, and I play very light-footed, so having, like, it kind of makes up, like, having the, because um, foot speed is more of my skill, and bracketing and technical crossovers and things are more of my flaw, sense. I'd rather have shoes that help me in my flaw, and then I make up for the foot speed myself. So yeah, for me personally, yeah, I guess foot speed isn't too bad, especially if, if if it's just foot speed, then I would just wear my other shoes for most of the song. And it, it doesn't make like a crazy night and day difference, but it does help a little bit, especially if it's a longer song or a longer stream and I'm more tired. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, like the main thing that like I'd say in singles, I don't know. I think I, I think if I grind through it, it's not like a huge wall, but I just kind of, uh, I get quite tired and I, spent a lot of time playing till like I was dead and then playing too many days in a row without rest and so um I was just really sore and I have a problem with because my shoes are so thin I put like I step fairly light but then uh sometimes when I'm on holds I'll push really hard on my toes if it's the top arrows I push hard and holds in general and so I was like and something about my play style and it happens a lot more in singles just makes my toes and my tendons hurt a lot oh i know i was flexing i flex my feet when i play sometimes especially in really hard parts i think i just tense up to concentrate and my natural instinct is to flex my toes and pump for some reason and so doing that for a whole two minutes straight and then for the entire day while putting pressure on your feet really kills them and i don't i really need to stop doing that but i don't know why i keep doing that so i ended up switching to doubles a bit and uh, also remote tournament made me play doubles which is great when tournaments make you play things you wouldn't usually play and so I was uh, learning some higher level doubles things uh, and then as of recently I've just started breaking into D18s and so if I play more consistent consistently I I feel like my improvement is not really yet at a wall but singles is I definitely understand wall. that I think uh, when so I started I playing, I really would tense up my feet, and I would go feet. on my tippy toes whenever I was hitting any notes, especially drilling, because uh, it's way more comfortable to drill when you're when you're doing that. It was really hard to break that app. Yeah. But uh, it was really hard to break it at oh first, gosh, but eventually I just got the hang of it That's by playing really insane. flat-footed. Um, I think what the the major turning point versus like S20s versus S21s and above is the the difference between an A and not an A becomes so minuscule because the note counts are so high. Like you can, if you bomb like one section, you could be missing like 50 to a hundred notes in an S21 versus like the 20 notes you'd miss in an S20. Like it's, it's kind of nuts. So if you like, if you mess up, you can, you can really, really mess up in on yeah. higher difficulties. At least what I've noticed is that, sometimes uh like two people will play and they will play like they'll play the same like s21 let's say and they play very similarly and maybe one has uh 200k points more than the other and he gets a b and the other guy gets a d like the the ratings are very uh very in flux oh yeah for sure there's, it's there's some kind of weird ratio right? i forget like, what like, it was it's a ratio involving your miscount and so the yeah, yeah, it's they try to use a ratio to make it um, mm -hmm. less so that when you go into higher difficulties, you still have more area for miss. And so sometimes I found with some harder double songs, I have a really high miscount and I still A it. 
but sometimes my miscount is small and like it's it's just weird it, it doesn't the way they've calculated the ratio and the perfects and the grades it, it doesn't take enough things into consideration i really just wish it was a score cut off uh like in most other games it's like if you get over 80 percent, it's an a or something like that uh, but unfortunately it's not like that however i think with the higher difficulty songs is that because it's like if you drop a, a hold that's a lot of points um because it's like constantly perfect 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 um but because there's a lot of foot speed um the that little like blob of arrows is like as many points if not more as like a hold mm -hmm, definitely and so if you just stop for a few seconds it's like the equivalent of dropping a hold per se which is like yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. most pump players mind they feel like you're ingrained to like every, every time, time you drop, you drop a, hold, a hold your score like dies your, your heart drops like oh no like and everything just drops in high speed yeah and so like with uh, the foot speed parts are generally the parts that you're more likely to mess up in and even though they don't have the visual of a hold like you don't think of them as a hold you kind of think of them as a hold or more like i would call them like 1.2 times a hold because of the amount of dense arrows on the screen they're practically as much score as a hold just for way more uh execution definitely and, um especially like way, when you way start more doing tiring like as well which streams, is why they're like, so which easy start to, popping uh, up drop. in s21s and above like where you're hitting like and, and like the weird bracketed streams where uh the notes come like one two three one two three one two three mm. after each other where you if you miss them all you get like 30 misses mm. Yeah, I'm trying to really learn uh, brackets and doubles at the moment. The, um, just in general, I feel like uh, there's a lot of different techniques, and then uh, I'm not sure what level doubles you play, but I feel like when you break into some of like D18s, like the harder ones, there'll be a yeah, lot I, more I play around random brackets. D18s, D18s or just right random now, but I haven't splits. really played a lot like, of doubles yet, so a normal thing. I don't have a lot of experience. I know that uh, the bracketing is definitely definitely a bigger deal in doubles from nice. just watching my friends play mm -hmm. yeah and i personally i don't like i don't have as much experience as well in doubles which is why i'm really happy to have this um uh, the tier list actually most of mm -hmm. my doubles experience was oh um because this one day i grinded doubles yeah, at a place with stage break on and so i was just ranking everything because if it's stage break why not rank right uh, so, yeah, so I was uh, breaking into the D17s. I think around that time I ate, like, a few D18s, uh, but, like, not that much experience in doubles. And so I was just sighting <laughs> a bunch of things on ranks, uh, which really gets your adrenaline pumping. And so, like, there's not pumping. Uh, there's some things I did yeah, where I, I think uh, where I tried again to get a score like that. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty crazy I did that then. But, um I was going to say I would go into the D17s and I would start off with, like, K-pop things because I thought that was going to be easy. But I think in doubles, honestly, like, the songs and singles that are easy tend to not always be easy in doubles. And even sometimes will be a bit harder. Like, there are a lot of easy K-pop songs, but there's also a lot of hard for, uh, songs. For every Elvis D16, there's a so uh, Mega Stu uh, D19. I think it's 19. <laughs> that chart is so hard. <laughs> that chart is so dumb. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. It's like it's funny cuz that song is like someone's 
like starting off ranked or something oh yeah play this like you got to like it's so easy like whatever like it's like such a boring yeah, easy stupid song uh but then like yeah that that doubles it's like because it's like the same song yeah i'm so used to hearing that song and thinking of that like really slow like easy chart but no it's not um yeah but i think how long has this been oh, look at that is this oh it's just, it's around i think the last episode was also That's around one hour and 40 fun. minutes so i guess yeah probably it's our yeah. standard now um Fly, time fly, wow, I, I don't know. Talk. I don't know if that one's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the one you want. Cross time when you're having fun. <laughs> I was. That's okay. No, that wasn't. I was. I was gonna try to say something. Time flies when you're playing mm. pump. I mean, time flies. Uh, time flies. <laughs> cross time. There might. There the might be something cross, there. This, uh, Maybe. That, you know. I'm, <laughs> Give me some thought. Next episode, guys, you're gonna hear some insane sick pump puns. Um, yeah, stay tuned. But uh, this is probably a good time to uh to cut it off <laughs> to crop to no. To, to uh, yeah. So thanks for listening. Um, also don't forget we have a Twitter at Pump It Up Podcast. It's uh called Pump It Up Canada. Uh, so. I mean, usually you guys can just ask any questions in the Discord, but feel free to also tweet at us and have a nice week. New episodes every Monday.